You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Miranda, welcome to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Awesome. What can I help you with today? So um, I, I submitted a question that is specific to my situation. Okay. And I am currently a caregiver, and I don't really know how to incorporate that into my application when I start um, prepping for it. So I've been told to put it in my personal statement because it is a big part of my life and has had a lot of influence on um, a lot of my decisions. Um, but as far as an extracurricular, it's taken a lot of time away from being able to get more experience mm-hmm. um, with what I want to do. So I don't know how to how to convey it best. Why? So when you say caregiver, just define that to, to make sure we're on the same page. Okay, so I'm not certified. I'm not a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, graduated from college in North Carolina. Okay. And then I moved to Tampa, Florida to Woo-hoo. work. And yep. um, there has been a family member. Uh, she's my grandmother, and okay. she has pretty severe psychological problems, um, no memory problems, actually. So um, my parents ended up having to take take her in and take care of her, but they work about 80 hours a week. And so after discussing with them, after they had her for the first month, um, I decided to move back home and help them with all of the the little things that comes with having to take care of another individual. Okay. So... In my mind, right, what you are doing is amazing clinical experience. That is an amazing activity. And so it it may be preventing you from being in a more traditional setting. But being a caregiver, if, even if you look at like the AAMC has uh, five ways to get more clinical experience type posts on their website. And being a caregiver is one of those things. Um, when I applied to medical school the second time, I had been a caregiver. I I moved into a, a family friend's house. She had uh, bilateral hip or knee surgery. I forget it was so long ago, and and she needed help getting around and and taking care of her cats and doing all this other stuff. And I lived in her house for a long time, and I definitely put that on my application as as clinical experience because that's what it is, right? It, it kind of depends on what you are doing as a caregiver, but if it's in some relevant clinical type setting, uh, not setting, but uh, obviously clinical type thing that you're doing, I would 1000% uh, potentially talk about it in your personal statement. If it is relevant to why you want to be a doctor, I would 1 million percent put it on uh, in your activity list and, and talk about it because it will potentially help explain any other gaps in your activities uh, or work or whatever else, right? Of, of, okay, what have you been doing this whole time? Well, look, I've been a caregiver. That'll be, that'll be there to uh, fill in any sort of, of time gaps. So I, I'm all for talking about it, putting it in there. Do Do you think your experience has uh, motivated you and, and and further kind of confirmed to you that this is what you want to do? Yeah, it definitely has. It's given me, it's actually supported the fact that I, 
I'm not as interested in psychiatry, but I have a great appreciation for it. Um, my undergraduate degree is actually in psychology and human services. Okay. So, um, and part of that reason, I think that I really wanted to do that when I first went to college is because my grandmother lived with us when I was in high school. So, okay. um, I, I saw her and had to interact with her and help her with a lot of, um, you know, just daily things. Um, yeah. and, and, and stuff like that. Cause she has a lot of high demands, um, in, in different situations. So. Um, I, I think, I mean, it's just part of my story. Um, it, for me, wanting to become a physician started before that, but, okay. um, yeah. So thank you for your advice on that. Yeah, you're welcome. No, it's definitely an amazing experience. It's obviously, um, uh, it's, it's amazing to be able to provide for a family member like that. So from, from one aspect, it's nice. And then it's like, Ooh, it's bonus that it helps with my medical school applications. It's, it's a little cherry on top, but, um, no, it's, that's great that you can do that. Um, let's, let's talk about the, or do you have any other questions for me? I was going to ask yeah, you some more questions. So, um, it, there's not a good segue for this, but, yep. um, I, when I was in college, I was a two sport NAIA athlete. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't, as far as another section for extracurriculars, I did a lot of volunteer work, but it was with my team. Okay. So yep. um, as far as when you put it on your application and having a contact and having hours and so on, so I, I wasn't thinking of going to medical school at that point. Yep. And so it's not something I tracked. It's just something that we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just part so, of being an athlete, and and that's fine. Um, you guesstimate how many hours you put in. Uh, obviously, as a, especially a two-sport athlete, it's going to be a large chunk of hours. Um, it's, I mean, technically, you're like, well, I was an athlete 24/7 and 365 for four years, right? Don't don't do that kind of math. Uh, but estimate uh, whether it's during the season uh, more, during the off season more. Just trying to estimate. Uh, everything that you've done, and you could potentially lump it into one activity to say, um, right, just just collegiate athlete um, as as one activity, and then um, like volunteering as another, and then just talk about everything you've done as an athlete. If there is one like major thing that you remember that you did, uh, even if it was part of the team, you're like, oh. Potentially, I want to talk about that separately. You could do that as well. Um, I, I wouldn't worry about it being under the heading of, oh, I did it as an athlete. I, I don't think there's an issue with that. Okay, awesome. That Yeah, because I was worried about that. I haven't gotten a lot of good advice on how to, I guess, translate that part. So yeah, uh, thank you for that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, you're welcome. What else? Uh, so um, additionally... I've been kind of confused if um, what I did when I graduated from college would be considered clinical work. Okay. Uh, so I worked as a neuropsychological technician at USF Health yep. in Tampa. Yep. And um, I did cognitive testing with yep. people who had neurological problems. So Very um, aware of what that is. My, my father-in-law is a, a, a neuropsych uh, guy. So um, that's 1,000% clinical experience. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. it's not super traditional clinical experience, but that's definitely <laughs> clinical experience. You're you're interacting with someone, getting this neuropsych testing for whatever reason, whether it's a concussion or or there are students needing a diagnosis for uh, uh, accommodations, whatever it is, you are interacting uh, 
in a clinical way with patients, right? Yeah. That's that's definitely clinical experience. It's really good okay. clinical experience. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, I really enjoyed it because I could be with somebody for five hours. Yeah, <laughs> super long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have a lot of great stories and experiences to pull from that. And mm -hmm. I was really hoping that was something I could count on. Yeah, definitely. So just just kind of remember as a general rule of thumb, very common mistakes that I see uh, when students are writing about their experiences. Make sure that you're not talking about kind of what you learned from the experience. A lot of students go to that angle, but try okay. to reflect on and think about why that experience further motivated you to be a physician. Okay. That's, that's kind of the, the take-homes that you want to try to drive towards. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I've um, drawing from some of the other podcasts that I've heard you with uh, different guests on. Um, I think that it, it is going to be good experience to pull from, but mm -hmm. kind of hard because um, otherwise I could just reiterate why I want to be a neuropsychological technician for the rest of my life. Yes, definitely. <laughs> you ha you have to walk that fine line to say I really like this experience and it wasn't enough for me, right? Using different yeah. language, right? <laughs> Ever since I wrote my, the personal statement book, um, uh, this, this pre-med playbook guide to the medical school personal statement, and I've been reviewing other, other students' personal statements, they've, they've kind of taken my, uh, my idea about trying to show how it wasn't enough and trying to show why they wanted to be a physician, why they want more, and they're just using those words in generic in that kind of generic way. I'm like, no, like you need to go further than this. Um, uh, so it's definitely a hard thing to do, uh, even even for for anybody, right? Because any pre med student isn't working as a physician or volunteering as a physician, and so they're trying to translate what they're doing as an EMT, they're trying to translate what they're doing as a nurse, as as whatever, into, I enjoyed doing this, I loved this experience, and I still need to be a physician, right? So that's that's the trick. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I also, I worked as a pharmacy technician in Florida as well, and um, I don't know what that would necessarily be considered. We had yeah. patients patient care interaction, but it was more customer service oriented. Yeah, so. a lot of students get the pharmacy tech uh, position. Was it a retail pharmacy? Yeah. Yeah, so typically in, in my mind, it's not clinical experience. Um, and it's not just because it's in a retail setting. It's because it's it, you're not really acting in a clinical way, right? It's like, oh, hey, yeah. Mr. Smith, your prescription's ready. Here it is. Okay, it's $5. Oh, you need to buy a, a box of tampons for your wife. Okay, great. It's, it'll be here. Here's where you pay, right? Um, swipe swipe when the light turns green, whatever that is, right? It, it's, it's customer service. It is, uh, it's great experience, uh, but it's not clinical experience in my mind. Okay. Cool. So I'm glad that I've got that defined in a better fashion. Yeah, but okay. but everything everything that you're doing now with with your family member, I mean, that's that's great clinical experience. So I I would definitely count that. Again, not a traditional setting, right? It's in a home, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and it's a, a lot of hours because potentially you're there a long time. But it's it's yeah, great I, experience. Yeah, I live in I live with them, so it it's every day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's okay. definitely a great experience. So when are you planning on applying to medical school? I want to apply as an early applicant next, at the end of May, as soon Ooh. as everything opens. Let's let's talk about that. Why 
So er, when you say early applicant, are you, do you mean early decision? Um, I just want to apply as soon as I can. That's what your, your usually your advice is, is to mm -hmm. get your application in um, in a reasonable amount of time. Yep. Um, and, and that deadlines shouldn't really be called deadlines. <laughs> yes, a thousand percent. So you, you've been listening to my words of wisdom. So that's good. So that being an early applicant is definitely different than, than applying early decision. Um, so okay. er, early decision uh, is offered by some schools to say, hey, I'm only going to apply to your school and hopefully I get in. <laughs> if I don't, then I can apply to other schools. But that's typically a lot later in the cycle. Um, and a lot of students think that that's uh, an awesome thing to do. But in my mind, there's usually more risks than, than not. So you're just talking about just making sure that your application is in as early as possible. Yes. Awesome. That's what I'm Done. Okay. Uh, and so classes, it sounds like you're finished up with. Uh, you're happy with your GPA. Don't need to fix anything there. Well, I have two more classes to take. Okay. I'm taking genetics and biochemistry um, in this fall semester. Okay. And then as far as I know and what my pre-med advisor has said, I should be good. Okay. And then MCAT next year, at some point early next year, before yes. the cycle, and uh, hopefully you do well with that. And and. Write a good personal statement and, and good activities and get those secondaries in as soon as possible, right? So pre-writing using secondaryapps.com, all that fun stuff. Yes. Good. Fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Is there anything else I can help you with? Um, so uh, I guess some of um, my confusion, I guess, for myself is um, when I'm asked, you know, more about myself, not necessarily about what I've done to prepare for medical school. Mm -hmm. um, I was fortunate enough to be able to speak to a dean of admissions for a local medical school, okay. and that's something he asked me, and I, I have never had somebody ask me that before, and this is before I started listening to your podcast. Yeah. So I have probably some regrets just because I didn't, I don't think I conveyed to him how much, you know, that I'm a person, that I live outside of the pre-med world too. And so I'm trying to get a good grip on that because it, it was, it's just difficult, you know, coming out, I was working seven days a week um, out of my undergraduate to help pay for my boyfriend's master's degree. And then we moved back and I'm there for my grandmother all the time. So it's, mm. it's hard to be able to do things that I love to do in addition. Yeah, it definitely, so. <laughs> uh, it, it definitely makes it hard when there are lots of commitments to to do things for you even like in the future as a parent you're like i never get to do anything for me it's all about the kids um <laughs> and so that's just that's life it never ends uh but you have already shown that you're more than just a pre-med student being a two-sport athlete definitely will help with that and then just make sure that you're going out and you're enjoying yourself you're, you're working out you're going out and rollerblading or bike riding or hiking or whatever you're doing for yourself as well. Uh, whether that's um, cooking, you, you love cooking, you have like a reading hobby or listening to music or whatever those things are, right? Um, just make sure that you're you're doing fun things for you as well. And that's just going to help you continue to keep your grades up so you don't get burnt out. It's going to help you with your MCAT score. Um, it's just going to help you, you overall just in your mindset and your your well-being okay thank you that's really great advice because 
it's hard to just catch a breath sometimes. It is. It is definitely hard. I understand that. Um, with with two two kids, it's and we're always running around, and uh, but it's fun. That's just it's the the balance of of everything in life. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you so much for everything, Dr. Gray. You're welcome. I'm glad I could help, and good luck on your journey. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check me out on YouTube as well on Medical School HQ. 